working in his favor. It gave him the convenient excuse, not that he needed one, but it was always nice to have, to lock down every exterior door the hotel had. Anybody wanting to get inside would not only have to get through the Metropolitan PD's barricades, but through armed teams of Secret Service and uniformed officers at each door. Still, he wondered if it was enough. Senator Sutton had all but declared war on the Mexican drug cartels, and they on her. The International Asset Seizure Act, of which she was both architect and author, had given U.S. law enforcement agents the authority to seize, by computer hacking and piracy if necessary, the entire fortunes of confirmed cartel members, no matter where in the world they hid their money and no matter what banking laws existed to protect those fortunes. It had been a risky political move, with both sides of the political aisle holding their collective breath to see how the world's banks would react. But in the year and a half since its implementation, the act had proven more effective than the rest of the forty years of the war on drugs put together. This last was a fact not lost on Juan, who had been a member of the U.S. Army's 1st Special Forces Operational Detachment, Delta, the famed Delta Force, for five years before joining the U.S. Secret Service. He'd fought the cartels all over Mexico on countless undercover operations, and again in the United States as a federal agent. He'd fired a lot of bullets, shed a lot of blood, killed more than his fair share. But the senator's pen had, in the end, proved the mightier weapon. He knew this for a fact from his contacts still working in Mexico. The cartels were hemorrhaging cash and tearing themselves up internally through endless power struggles, and all of it because of the senator's law. They wanted her dead, and they'd already tried to kill her once in San Antonio about four months earlier. As the senator's motorcade had pulled away from the Mexican embassy, it had been attacked by twenty-three armed members of the Los Cetas cartel. The gunmen had descended on what they thought was the senator's limo— Instead, they found Juan and Tess Compton and the rest of his team. The resulting firefight raged down two blocks of downtown San Antonio, and by the end of it, sixteen cartel members were dead and the rest wounded and captured. It was a disaster for the cartels, but a huge shot in the arm for Senator Sutton, who used the failed assassination as a way to propose further measures against the cartels. She was scheduled to announce those measures tonight. He'd had good intelligence to warn him of that first attempt on the senator, and it was those same sources, sources that he himself had cultivated during his years in Latin America, in fact, that had alerted him to tonight's planned hit. Busboys and dishwashers hustled all around him. The floor was a maze of dishwater puddles and scraps of food. Looking at bits of lettuce and half-eaten steaks, it never ceased to amaze Juan how much went to waste while putting on these events. As a boy growing up in the slums of Del Rio, Texas, he'd eaten dinners that weren't half as appetizing as the waterlogged trash on the floor here, and he'd been grateful for it. But he put that frustration aside, too, and refocused on the job at hand. Pots and pans clanged, instructions were yelled in a weird pigeon mixture of Spanish and English across the room, chefs and waiters barked at each other. None of them noticed him. Despite his tuxedo and the radio earpiece and the obvious gun bulging underneath his jacket, he was nothing new to them. They had all seen the Secret Service many times before. 
He moved among them, watching them, studying their faces, comparing them to the background files his team had run on the entire staff prior to the senator's event. Everybody was accounted for. There had been no last-minute schedule changes. Nobody had called in sick or switched shifts at the eleventh hour. Everything looked normal. That is, until he saw a dishwasher carrying a large plastic bag of trash down to an open window along the back wall of the kitchen. It was the same wall that separated the kitchen from the loading dock. A way in. Juan froze, dread gathering in his gut. Oh, hell no, he said. Hey, dude, come on, said a man's voice from behind him. Trying to get through here. Juan turned. One of the dishwashers, a slightly built white guy in a soaking wet T-shirt, black pants and grey rubber gaiters, was standing there, holding a heavy tub of dirty dishes.